We are learning Daf Yud Aleph, and we're starting from the two dots where it says in the Mar Vachain Leinian Hatava by Miriam. So the mission was talking about Mida Kenegan Mida, Hakadosh Baruch who punishes a person commensurate in the same measure that they did the sin. And now the mission says so too with good. Miriam waited for Moshe an hour, and therefore Klaisho waited for her seven days in the Midbar. Um, when she got Sarah. So the Mar says, what do you mean in the same thing? They compare Miriam is waiting just for one hour. Here Kala Yisrael is waiting for seven days. So it's not the same thing. It's much bigger than what she did. So can you change what the Mishnah means to say that for good? It's not that way. Meaning, it's not by good, you get rewarded for more and a greater, greater measure than what you did. By bad, it's equal. But by good, person is rewarded in a greater measure than what they did. But the Mishnah said, so it is for good. It sounds like it's the same. So you can't change what the Mishnah said. Therefore, Rava gives a different answer. What the Mishnah was saying, so do for good. Ba'usa means it's similar in the way that it comes. But what the exact amount is, but the actual amount of good is bigger than the amount of punishment. So basically what we're saying is that although it resembles the act of good that a person did, but the amount that it comes in is more. So this is a good example. Miriam waits for Moshe an hour. So now Klai to wait for her. So clearly it's similar to the way that it was done. But the amount that it comes in is greater. So now that we elaborate on what happened, his sister stood off to the side from the far to know what would happen. All the things here are worded in a way to say that the Shekhinah was together with Miriam until Moshe was saved. What does that mean? She stood. And he stood here in the Pasuk in Shmuel. So that's a, we, the idea is that it wasn't only Miriam who was there, but the Ebishta as well. Achoso, his sister. The Pasuk here in Mishle says that... Um, Say to wisdom, you are my sister. So we see that there's, a, there's something where Hashem's wisdom is related to the Abishta in the language of being a sister. From afar, from a distance, Hashem appeared to me. So that from the distance is also to Hashem. Hashem is Hashem of knowledge. What is Hashem asking of you? Yes, that should be done. Hashem will not do something. So again, we see that Lashon of Yeseh by Hashem. Lo to him, lo Hashem Shalom. So all the words in the Pasuk can be a reference to the idea that HaKadosh Baruch was standing together with Miriam. Now we speak about a lot of things that happened down in the Sheba in Mitzrayim. Yaakov Melech HaDosh had said that a new king arose over Mitzrayim. Rav Hashem Mamash. It means that literally there was a new king, not the same, the same king as the one who was around in the time of Yosef. Actually, it was the same exact one. And it just means that his decrees and the way that he treated the Jews uh, now was new. So the Gemara explains what's the basis for the opinion. One says it was genuinely new king. I mean, that's what the Pasuk says. That's the simple Pshad. It says a new king. So the one who says that it was only that the decrees were new, never says that the previous king died and there was a new one instead. So therefore, it makes sense to say that, in fact, it was the same king. Asher lo yadat Yosef, he didn't know Yosef. So the Gemara explains, the havi dami kemanda as if he acted as if he didn't know him at all. So you mean he made the harsh decrees as if he had never known Yosef. Um, now, Pashib shot is that this only makes sense according to the opinion that it was the same power, according to the opinion that it was a different power than literally. You could just say he didn't know Yosef at all. The Pasuk says, he said to his people, Behold, Klal Yisrael are being very strong and numerous, so we have to do something. So Tana, who is Chabay Satrila? 
Here, Paro, he was the one who was the first one to, uh, to offer the suggestion and try to figure out what happened to do against the Jews. So therefore, when the punishment came, Paro was the one who got punished first. Who is Paro initiated. He said to his people, he was punished first. It says by the frogs, they will come in you, and your people, and all your servants. So we see that it was first uh, personally to Paro. Paro said, let's be wise against him, against it, against Kal Yisrael. So Lahemi by Lehmar says the grammar is off. It should say Lahem against them. Because the Jewish people, um, it makes more sense that it makes that it should be Lahem in, in plural. So why is it saying low? So Amar man was let's be smart against the, the to fight against the one who will save Kalisra, which means Akadosh Baruch Hu. So it's singular to him means he wasn't just trying to kill the Jews, he was trying to fight against Akadosh Baruch Hu saving them. But by the new name, what could we do? How could we judge Kalisra without being nervous that Hashem will 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 take it back out on us? If we judge him with fire, Hashem will punish us with fire. The sieve. It says in the Pasuk, Hashem will arrive in fire. Hashem will enter into judgment with fire. So fire certainly Hashem has power over. If we judge him with the sword, Hashem will punish us with the sword. This is a sword against all flesh. Let's judge him with water. Hashem has sworn that he will not bring a flood to the world again. So therefore, it makes sense to, to, to judge the Jews with water. And that brought about that yielded the plan to drown the Jewish babies. However, what was the mistake? They didn't know. Hashem's shvu was only that he wouldn't bring a flood to the entire world. Maybe, maybe there's nothing wrong. Hashem could bring a flood to one nation. So therefore, it wouldn't violate his shvua to, to punish the Mitzrim with a flood. Inami, alternatively, who in maybe Hashem would not bring flood upon the whole nation. Avalin bun v'noflam b'socho. We could we could bring we could make it make it calm that the Mitzrim should fall into the water. In other words, there's a difference between bring the water onto the land like happened in the times of Noah and making people fall into the water. That could happen. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it. So we see basically. It wasn't the waters leaving their places, rather the Egyptians um, the Egyptians ran into the sea and they were drowned. That was the thing, the sea split. And the Egyptians thought, okay, we could run in as well. But really, that's exactly what happened, that the Mitzrayim ran right into the water. With this, with this matter, so what is the word Zadu? So Zadu means that they were plotting, they were scheming, but it can also mean a lushan here of cooking. Um, Something you would do, you would do with water. So they were thrown into the very pot of water that they threw the Jewish children. The very pot that they cooked, they themselves end up being cooked. My mashma zod lashon there. Where do we see the lashon of zod? an expression to be cooked in a pot. The story of Yaakov and um, and Esav. So it says that Yaakov was cooking a dish. The lashon are there, and the pasuk is vayazid. Says the Gemara. There were three people who gave advice to counsel and counseling power in that moment. What to do with Klal It was Bilam, Eov, and Yisro. Bilam, it's Bilam who gave Paro the idea to drown the Jewish babies. So in Herak, he was killed. We know that what happened to Bilam. We see in the Torah how he was killed against the war with Midian. Mida connected Mida. He said the Jews should be killed, and he himself was, was killed. Eov, Eov Shasashak, he was silent. He didn't say anything. So then he didn't be a Syrian. He had to go suffering. Very interesting idea. It would seem that, 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 that because he kept silent, that he had such a harsh punishment. And sometimes the silence is tantamount to agreement. Yisra Shabarach, Yisra who ran away, he, he like protested, he objected, he ran to Midian 
to escape. That's how he came to be in Midian. So he had children or descendants who, who were mamish, members of the Sanhedrin, and they sat in the Lishka Sagazis, um, expounding Halacha Shinemar. It says in the Pasuk Mishpokh Zofer, Yoshve Yabates, the families of scribes, the people who dwelled in Yabates, Terasayim, the, the people from Terasayim, Shemasayim, Shemaz, Sukharim, Hima, Hakinim, Habom, Machmas, Avi, Beit Rafa. These people are the Canaanites who came from Hamad the father, house of Rechel, the children of the Kani were Moshe's father in law. So basically, Kani's are descendants of Yisrael. And we see that there were Kanis who were uh, judging in the Sanhedrin. So we see that what, that's a reward for Yisrael, that he had descendants who were ruling um, in the Sanhedrin. Now we go back to power. If a war will occur, they, then what will happen? Then the Jews will fight against our enemies. And go, they will fight us and go up from the land. That's all part of his concern. So the Gemara asked, and we will go up from the land. Meaning, if power was concerned, and then, then he was afraid of them. If anything, he would be very happy if they left. He would be nervous that the Egyptians, they would kick out the Egyptians. So power should have expressed that. He should have said, and they will make us go away from our own land. What is he saying? The Allah and arts, and they will leave. The reason power spoke like that is like a person who's cursing himself, but he applies the curse to other people. So meaning he really was worried that they would kick the Egyptians out of their own land. But Paro didn't want to speak openly about such a bad thing happening to himself. So he said it in a euphemistic way, where he said as if Klaasar will leave, but really what he was concerned for was that the Egyptians themselves would be kicked out. The next passage, they appointed Sarimisim, like task masks, task masters over the Jewish people to make them work. And again, the question is, why does it say a love over it? Alehem brother should have said over them, over Klal Yisrael in the in the in the in the in the, in the plural. So the Gemara answers. They brought a, a mold of a brick. So they would. What did they do with it? But they hung it over Paro's neck. Over him, whenever a Jew said to the Egyptian, I am a delicate person, I can't work, are you any more delicate than Paro? And that's what they were that's what they were saying. They had this Malbane, this brick mold that was hung over Paro's neck, and of Allah, they put the mold on Paro. And they said, Are you any more delicate, delicate than him? And that was the lesson here, that how they got strong how they how they forced the Jews to work. What does it mean? Sorry, misim davar hamisim, something that forces. That's the idea. Misim means to force, like an officer, someone who courses. Laman anosobisim in order to afflict him in their burden. So again, the question is anosami by they should have said in order to afflict them. The answer is laman anosolafarabisiklosisrael in order to afflict power with regarding the burdens of klal yisrael. So basically, the same thing. Power is pretending to be afflicted so that the Jews should volunteer to work hard. That's this whole thing. How power is working? Why can't you work? The whole thing is obviously not true. Power wasn't working, but that was the whole thing that it was pretending. Lamana no so as if to afflict power. But even our miskinos of power, they built storage cities. Miskinos. So what is miskinos? They endangered their owner. In other words, because the Egyptians uh, forced the Jews to build these cities, they were later endangered and they themselves drowned in the sea. So the, the way we're understanding is that miskinos is related to the, to the word of sakana, of danger. It's bringing a sakana here. They make them do it and they themselves got hurt later. The other one says, that they make their owner poor. The idea is that they forced all the labor. The Egyptians lost all of their money to the Jews. So when you build, then you lose your money. Anyone who does a lot of construction, eventually becomes poor. So 
Either these cities that they made the Jews build endangered them or made them impoverished. What were these cities? As Piso, unless Rav says, Rav Shmuel, Rav Shmuel disagree. Chadam Piso, Shema, really, the name was Piso. But not to Rav says, why was it called Rav says? It should reach on Rav says, it would crumble one bit at a time, meaning it was the type of thing that was very not suitable for buildings. Every little bit that they would build would fall, would fall over each attempt to build, um, would fall flat. The mouths of the pitom would swallow it one bit at a time. Whatever they built would sink into the ground. What was the point of building places where you cannot build? Farsham explained that they wanted, power was trying psychologically to break clouds. So Pisum was Ram says that they should build and not have any any uh, sense of satisfaction in their work. That was all part of the, the uh, psychological burden that he was putting upon them. However, what happened? As much as he would afflict it, so too they would increase and spread. So again, the question is the grammar. They should have said they they increase and they spread in the past year. What does it mean in the in the future? Year bevi year frotes mashma. It's happening still to come. What do you mean it happened in the past? The rechakodesh was saying. In other words, when Klaus was being afflicted, the Ruach HaKodesh told him, and the good news was saying, don't worry, no matter what's happening now, you should know that you're going to increase in number, despite what the Mitzrayim are doing to you now. Pasuk says, Vayakutsu, they became disgusted, literally, but a kotz is a thorn. So what's the pshat in the Lashon? Vayakutsu, the Jews were like kotzim, like a thorn in the eyes of the Mitzrayim. Rashi explains what it means. It was um, when they saw that, that no matter what they did in, the, in trying to afflict Klaistral, they were still growing. So it was as if their eyes and their bodies were stuck with thorns and they were pained by it. That's the point. So again, the symbol of trying the Pasuk is to be disgusted, but we're expounding as well that what it means is that it was if they felt thorns in their bodies when they saw Klaistral uh, being more and more successful. Then the Pasuk continues, continues and says, by Vidu Mitzrayim is B'nai Yisrael, so the Jewish people enslaved B'nai Yisrael B'farach, B'farach, so the question is, what exactly does Farach mean? So the Gemara gives uh, two explanations here. Rabbalazar Omer B'parach, it means a soft mouth. What does it mean, a parach, a soft mouth? Rashi explains that he, he said, don't worry, it will be easy to work. Rashi here says a very interesting thing, that originally Klal Yisrael was given payment for their work. A very interesting Rashi. So it's B'parach, oh, you'll do it, and you will receive payment. And eventually, only later, did it did things change. So parach means a soft mouth. Or the second opinion of it means something that crushed them. And the Lashon of Parach is to crush, and it was you know this back-breaking labor, which was very difficult. Gemara continues with the next passage by Maros Chayeim. They embittered the lives of the Jews by Vodakash with hard labor, by Chomer, with the mortar and with the bricks. Amarava, so the Pasuk starts off that they were working with bricks, but then the next Pasuk says right at the end of all the labor of the field. So the Pshad is, it was initially only with bricks, but eventually it turned into things in the field. And that evidently is harder than construction. So it's to do things in the field is harder, certainly mentally. It's not necessarily it's a question about the physical task, but mentally to, to do the labor in the field is harder than doing, you know, um, prominent acts of construction. So it started off with more prominent words, but it turned into Avodah Basada. The Pasuk finishes, as kol Avodah all the labors that they did with Parach. They would switch the men's work would be given to women, and the women's work would be given to men. This famous idea that they would make the men, let's say, knead the dough and bake bread, and the women would have to, doing harder things like the chopping of the wood, 
and it was super, super difficult and demeaning and more strenuous for both of them. Says the Gemara, according to the opinion that there, Parach meant in a soft thing. That was the whole idea that Parach initially paid them and he made it easy for them. But certainly when it says over here, Parach, certainly over here we mean a crushing labor because here we're saying that so we have, uh, so, so certainly when the Pasuk is finishing off Parach, it means very difficult labor. Okay, so again, Parach's original plan was to throw all the uh, the babies into the water, as we saw, the reason why they wanted to work with the water. So now the Gemara says, Darish Ravia, Ravia expounds, the merit of the righteous women in that generation, that's the reason why we were niggly, because of the women um, who saved us. What happened? When the women would go out to draw the water, would make sure that small fish would come in their jugs. So they would have half water for drinking and half of it would be full of jugs to eat. They would come and put two pots to cook. One full of hot water. We're going to see they're going to help their husbands bathe. And one full of fish. And then they would take these uh, two pots to their husbands out working in the field. They would bathe their husbands first, smear them with, with oils or, or perhaps just the water themselves. They would feed them and give them what to, what to drink. This was to rejuvenate their, uh, their, 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 their spirits. There's a whole thing as well. We know Rashi brings the measures that they would also use the copper mirrors uh, to arouse their husbands, and then the mirrors were put into the Mishkan. Here, the Gemara does not mention that, but it is, that is mentioned in the Medrash that Rashi quotes. And then what happened? Machos and give them food and drink, and they would have relations with them there between the borders of the field, meaning it was a lower land that afforded them privacy, even though they were in the field. We have a Pazik there in Tehillim, and they were faithful to the husbands, they were supporting them, and this was the big schos uh, that allowed them to be saved. It was in the, the reward for this. They, they, the, the women were lying with their husbands by the borders of the fields and, to the, and commenced with that Klai Yisrael merited to become rich. The wings of the dove that are coated in silver. And we have all these, all these different parts. I have a gold that are there. And Klai Yisrael is compared to a dove. So the dove was loaded up with gold and silver when they left. The women become pregnant, then they would come back to their homes. And um, and then what would happen? When it came time for them to give birth, they would go back out to the field uh, under the apple tree. It said in the Pasuk in Shirashirim here about the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu under the apple tree that Hashem loved us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem sent from heaven, there would be an angel who would clean the babies and strain them. Just like a midwife who strains a kid. It says in the Pasuk here, in Yechazka, in the birth of Klai Yisrael, without any midwife, uh, to do anything, cutting the umbilical cord and everything, it just miraculously would work there. The angel would gather for the babies two loaves, one, um, one loaf of, of oil and one of honey. Um, and the idea was somehow, miraculously, there would be some stones that the child would be able to get honey and, 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 and oil from. As it says in the passage, that, that would be, the baby would be sucking honey from a stone and oil from a rock. This is the Pasuk in Tevarim. So again, it's referring generally to Eretz Yisrael, but we are saying specifically the Gemara is joshing homiletically that it's referring to the babies 
down in Mitzrayim. The Egyptians realize this. They realize that what's going on. Again, they're trying to get the babies to be thrown into the water, but somehow miraculously they're giving birth out in the fields without any midwives and everything. So when the Mitzrayim realized this, they would try to kill them. The babies were somehow swallowed up inside of the ground for protection. The Egyptians would come, they would bring oxen to try to plow on top of them. They realized, hey, maybe we could do this, try to kill them, babies, by plowing on top of it, and the blade will go into the ground. As the Pasuk says here in Tehillim, on the back, the plowers plowed. After the Egyptians waited, the babies would spring out like grass jumps out of the soil. So the babies would, would jump out from the soil. It says in the Pasuk, I made you as numerous as the plants of the field. So it means they grew out. The babies grew out from the ground like the plants here of the field. When they grew up, they would come like flock back to their homes. It says in that same Pasuk that you increase and you grew. You came with different... Um, uh, uh, decorations. I'll take care about the not with decorations. Ella be edre adarim, like flocks and flocks. Revealed himself to the sea on the sea at the time of Kriyos Yamsef. The Shina was present. These babies recognized Abishtab first because they had already witnessed this great uh, Shekhinah the first time when they were first born. This is my God and I will beautify him. So Zeh is like, oh, we already know what this is. Uh, they were familiar. Okay, now we get back to Parah's next attempt. So after that failed, right, the whole thing of like, throwing them into the sea because they were giving birth in the field. So he called to the midwives. So Parah was trying to trying to get the midwives to kill the babies. That was his next idea. So Rav Shmuel, it says one of them was Shifra, one of them was Pua. So one opinion says it was a woman and her daughter. The other opinion says it was mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. It was a woman and her daughter, Yochaved and Miriam. It was Yochaved and Miriam. According to the opinion, was a daughter-in-law and mother-in-law. Yocheved Elishava was Yocheved, and Elishava. Elishava is the daughter of Enodav who marries Aaron, Yocheved's son. So Elishava was therefore Yocheved's future daughter-in-law. Like Mar says, makes more sense to say like the opinion was it was it was Shifan Yocheved that it was Yocheved and Miriam rather. The Tanis it says in price Shifra's Yocheved Shifra's Yocheved Goshma Shifra Wise Goshma Shifra Shemeshah Paris is a lot. She would straighten out the limbs of the child after birth the way that a midwife does. She's called Shifra because Klal Yisrael. They increased and they multiplied in her days. Pua, the name Pua, that midwife, Zumerim, that's Miriam Lonegushim Pua. Why is she called Pua? She said, Pua Levlad. She would literally like coo, like call out to the child, make sounds to play with the child when it was born, to calm it down from its crying. Another shot, Pua, she said, Pua Berecha Kodesh. She would cry out with Recha Kodesh from Mary. She would say, Asida imi shetei. My mother is destined to have a son who will save Klai Israel. So this is Miriam. And uh, she had Racha Kodesh that her mother would, would give birth to Moshe, who would be the future um, saver of Klai Israel. So what are Parah's instructions to these midwives? When you cause, when you're assisting the Jewish women to give birth, so if you're on the stones, you see the stones, and if it's a son, you kill it. So what if stones is a positive referring to? Power gave the midwives a sign about childbirth, to know when the mother would give birth, because again, he's trying to make sure, because Klaiso has been miraculous, giving birth without midwives, so he's trying to tell them, give them instructions how, how, to, how to treat the babies, make sure that you're there at the present, at the time of birth. So he's giving them a sign about when the birth will, will occur. When the woman kneels to give birth, the thighs become cold like stones. 
In other words, at the time of labor, that the mother's thighs go cold, this is the time that you should remove the child and then what Parawana was to kill. Because if other people say stones refer to what it says, like in the Pasuk in Yirmi, of I went down to the house of the potter, he was doing work over the block, over the stones. My Yotzer's address is this potter. He has a thigh, you're on a thigh there, and a block in the middle. In other words, the way the potter's block works is a piece of wood. Um, he has a thick piece of wood that he has, and he rolls the, the clay upon different sizes on the wood before putting it on the mold. So he has... He has the clay and the clay and the wood in the middle. So if you just do yachmikan, yachmikan, a lot of emsas. The thigh here and a thigh there, and the child is in is in the middle. So basically, she has that same position as the potter when she's she's on that birthing stool before giving birth. Therefore, it's called the block, called the avnayim, even though it's not literally a stone. The pasuk continues in Ben Hu, if it's a son of Matanos, he'll kill it. He gave the midwives a sign to know what the gender of the child. Ben, part of the mata, the son's face is turned down. The daughter's face is turned up. Rashi explains, a child is born facing down just like the male position during relations as the female is born just like the female position. Okay. Uh, continues the Pasuk. The midwives feared Hashem. They didn't do the way Paro told them. So it says, Lo asu kasher diber alehen. So what's alehen? It should have just said lahen, not alehen. Alehen is a, usually a lushan of a like like something promiscuous, like coming to somebody. Just say, speaking to them. What's so complicated? Why not just say Len? So Paro tried to seduce these these women and have sins with him. But they didn't accept it. They had no interest in it whatsoever. They keep the boys alive. So not only did they not kill the babies, they supplied water and food to them as well. They gave them life. The midwife said to Paro, the Egyptian women, they're not like the Jewish women. They're chayos. The Jewish women are chayos. Before the midwives come, they've already given birth. The Pasuk says, what does it mean they're chayos? My chayos. They're actual midwives. In other words, what they're saying is that the Jewish women are themselves midwives. They didn't, they didn't need that. That doesn't make sense. Even a midwife needs a midwife because when you're actually giving birth, you need assistance. So that, why, why would that be a rational explanation? They said to Paro, this nation is compared to a chaya, to a wild animal. It means literally a wild animal. Where do we see Clyde so compared to wild animals? In the Brachas of Yaakov, Yudah Gorarye, Yudah is the lion, Don is he, Don Nachash, Don is the serpent, Aftali Ayal Shulach, and Aftali is the deer, Yisach HaMakram, he's the donkey, Yosef Bachar Shar, he is the ox, and Yaman Zeviyotov, he is the wolf. The Sivvei, Sivvei. So therefore, these tribes that they have the metaphor, it's written about them, Deluxe and all the tribes that don't have it, Ksiv, Mayim Chalafiyah, Bein Arayi, Bein Ratsa, we have the Pasuk, and Yechatzko says, your mother was like a lioness crouching among the lions. So therefore, basically, we're comparing all Kaisa and Lipsukim are compared to animals. And we're saying, so just as uh, a wild animal doesn't require a midwife, so for something, they, they miraculously, the, 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 the Kaisa is women, they don't require them at all. So therefore, um, that's, and it was, it, it was, again, a good defense. Power knew it was true. And therefore, uh, they, they defended themselves that they weren't able to kill the boys because they say they don't need any assistance from the midwives. What is the reward? It says they, it was because they feared Hashem. So Hashem made houses for Shifra and Pua. What are these houses? Ravishmol. So this year is in Ravishmol. One says he made houses of Kuna and Levia. That was the reward. 
And Chanavah uh, Matamalchus, it means that they had kings, because to be a king, you have to fear Hashem, so it was a beautiful reward for their fear of Hashem. Ma'adam Rabbati Kuna Bada Leviyah, Aaron and Moshe, it's referring to Aaron and Moshe, they were the children of Yochavet, they were Kohan and Leviyah. Ma'adam Rabbati Malchus, the one who says it was a royalty, David and Amir, because David comes from Miriam. Tersev, Atamas Azuva, and they have the child Gore. So Ephras is married. David was a person of Ephras. So David was the son of a person whose lineage went back to Ephras, and Ephras is Miriam. So we'll stop here for now. But basically, Vaslam Batim, we explain that Batim is a, um, it's again a different view here, whether it's Kahuna Levia as the reward or the reward was Malchus.